0: you are listening to harford county living podcast with rich bennett and sarah coleman if this is your first time listening then thank you for coming the harford county living podcast is produced every month for your enjoyment and show notes are found at harfordcountyliving.com come back often and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite rss feed or itunes you can also follow us on twitter at harco living and facebook all links are in the show notes. Now, let's join Rich, Sarah, and their special guest.
1: Welcome to the Harford County Living Podcast. Uh, we are happy to see Sarah back. She's missed. We missed her the past two times.
0: Yeah, sorry.
1: And that's okay, but it's all good because... Um, she went through a big change, and i will going to have her explain that to you in a little bit. We have Ross and Shirley here from uh, Casa of Harford County, and uh, some of you might be saying what is Casa, but Ross is going to explain that in a little bit. So, Sarah, yes, welcome sir. back. Thank you. Tell everybody the big news.
0: Uh, well, we've moved our office to uh, Joppa Town, Rumsey Towers, um, right by Side. I think Harborside Apartments. Yes. Yeah. Um, so we just moved in there, and that's going very well so far. Um, we have about five offices, a conference room, and yeah, it's it's What Would you it's do nuts. take a
1: whole floor there?
0: No, no. There's like four. There's four offices in the you know on each floor. Right. So we have obviously one space.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, so no, what floor you on?
0: We're on the second floor.
1: Okay.
0: Um, yeah, none of the doors are labeled apparently. Ours is. I have a piece of paper hanging up, but I need to get something. Um, yeah, so then we've also uh, we got hired a sales and operations um, admin assistant to work directly with Chris and do all of our customer service stuff. So she sets up all the estimates and deals with all the clients and um, makes sure that we have you know, jobs on the books and the whole deal. And so I am human resources and marketing and finance.
1: So you guys are growing. Yes. That's good.
0: Yes, it is And,
1: and uh, You had to change your phone number?
0: Oh, yeah, I had to change it all. <laughs> I had to change it all. Change of address, change of phone number. Yes. Yes. Good. But, it's go- but it's going It's going really well. I'm happy with the setup. And I'm not too happy about having to go to a, an actual office every day. I got very comfortable with going into my basement and now it's like I have to get up and actually get dressed in the morning and you know we're going on three years of not having to get dressed if I didn't want to and not having to leave the house and now
1: yeah I gotta admit that is nice that's I'm the same way
0: so but it's nice to be
1: able to sit downstairs and work on your computer make phone calls in your pajamas it is
0: it is but I mean really I I'm just trying to feel out my new position i guess because you know chris and i were doing it all right so we had on every hat so to take hats off and hand them off to somebody else it's like well now what am i gonna do with the rest of my day because you know you know because it was always just constant all day 12 hours a day if not more back and forth all over the place and now to actually have specific things that i have to focus on it's leaving me it's leaving me time to do things that I wouldn't have bothered
1: right to do before now so. what about the storefront because you, you sell fountains and everything right
0: we have them we't okay. do yeah they're they're at the shop which is still down in white marsh um but I mean, you know we have them but I don't have a. okay so they're
1: not either. an actual storefront okay yeah.
0: no and we have them because my in-laws had them they had bought out a whole stand or something at some convention somewhere so now we have all these fountains, so yeah, if anybody's listening and you want a fountain to either hang out on your deck or to (laughs) put in your yard somewhere, please feel free to contact us. Actually, if you go to the website, there's a page, um, I believe, that Mm -hmm. says fountains or items for sale. I can't remember offhand what it's called, but one of the two. Feel free to go and check those out. And contact me, and I'll be happy to sell it to you. Real good deal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you want to get rid of them.
0: Yes, they're hey, taking up. F- founds would look
1: nice right next to a fire pit, right?
0: I yes. Yeah, on that new, on there that you new go. Pa- that freshly laid patio, you got it. Yeah, yeah,
1: see that? Well, Ross and Shirley, I want to welcome you both. Uh, explain to everybody what exactly
2: Casa of Harford County is. Okay. Actually, first I want to thank you for having us on. I love the opportunity to talk about CASA. It's obviously my favorite topic to talk about. Uh, but what CASA is, is an organization that stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates. Uh, we've been in Hartford County for a little over 20 years, and what we do is we train community volunteers to advocate for children that are in the foster care system. So the juvenile court that sees all the foster care cases of abused and neglected kids will determine certain cases that might need an extra set of eyes and ears on them. So they will refer the case to us. We will assign a volunteer that we have trained. And then their function is to then uh, follow that child's case through court with the ultimate goal of getting them into a permanent situation quickly. Obviously, foster care is meant to be temporary. So we either want to move them to reunified with their parents or adoption or with another relative. So the CASA is someone who serves just one child or maybe one family of children, whereas the social workers have you know large overburdened caseloads, the uh, attorneys have large caseloads. The CASA serves one child or one family, so they can really dig into the nitty-gritty of what's going on with that case. That's good. They'll talk to teachers, um, they'll talk to therapists, uh, guidance counselors, doctors to make sure that all the children's needs are met, and that's their biggest uh, function is to make sure that every single service that that child should be receiving they're getting. Are they in the right educational placement? Are they in um, the right home placement? Are they getting their medical needs met? And then they report back to the court when the case is heard in court with a report um, so that the juvenile magistrate can have yet another, like I said, another set of eyes and ears that he can know that that person only looked into that one child. So right. they know that he, they really did a very thorough job. Um, and that's, so that's basically what we do. Again, we train the volunteers very well. It's a 30-hour training. Um, we do it 15 hours online, 15 hours um, in class. And we are part of a national organization. Uh, there's a national cost association. So we are one of over a 1,000 programs across the country. Um, they have a very good curriculum that we train the volunteers with. And then they are also assigned a supervisor once they get assigned a case. So we provide a lot of support and a lot of training for the volunteers. Now, are there any type of, any particular type of volunteers you're looking for? The only criteria for volunteers is you must be 21 years or older. Okay. Uh, you must be able to pass a background check, MVA um, check, criminal record check, um, be able to do the training. Makes sense. Um, have a passion for children. Um, there it does not require any kind of social work background or psychology degree. You just have to have the time, the ability, be 21 years old, pass the background check. And be ready to go. Wow. Now, it's
1: with foster children. in I know, as far as homeless people go in Harford County, there are a lot. Um, is there that many foster children in Harford County? Uh, Well, the numbers have decreased
2: quite a bit over the years, Uh, but right now the latest uh, numbers that I heard are approximately 192 kids in care, which probably about 10 years ago was more like 300. So they have...
1: Just in Harford County? Yes, just in Harford County.
2: And people don't realize that. A lot of people are surprised when they hear that. But right now it's hovering a little under 200 kids. Well, uh, well, at least that
1: number is going down, so that's good.
2: Yes, very good. Wow. Wow.
1: and you said with the training, is part online and part, uh,
2: I guess, book or class. In class, yeah. Now, what all's? What I mean, what's in that training? It's a lot uh, of um, background information about some of the history of the child welfare system, the basics about uh, working with people who have been abused, how to identify child abuse, um, working with families that have mental illness, substance abuse, there's a lot of complicated issues that these families come with and again these are lay people who don't have a lot of experience with those things so we give them a good background on those things as well as just the real basics about what it means to be a casa how do you start an investigation of your case who do you talk to what are the questions you should ask Um, how do you write a court report Um, how do you remain objective because that's the one biggest thing is that they have their information has to be fact-based and objective And not get too emotionally involved, and have their emotions come out in their recommendations, and to really keep it very, very fact based.
0: Well, I think I'm out then. Well, I I mean, I (laughs) I mean, I—that's
2: the biggest concern everyone has that I interview. Everyone's concern is always, am I going to get too emotionally involved?
1: Right. Because my biggest, my my biggest pet peeve has always been child abuse and and guys abusing women. I mean, I Mm -hmm. just, I go off, and I don't. I mean, wow. I mean, child abuse, like the vol- the volunteers aren't meeting the parents, right?
2: Yes, they uh, are. They are? Yes. A lot of times the parents are um, still involved in the case because the plan may be to reunify. So when a child comes into foster care initially, the original plan is always to try to reunify that family and provide that family with services. Um, to work on what those issues are that brought them into care. So, yes, our, our uh, CASAs do work very closely with the birth family. Wow. Here you go, Charlie. I need a piece of paper and, um, I, I <laughs> did, make it easier for you. I did bring with me uh, Shirley Eldringhoff, who is our longest-standing uh, CASA. Um, she has been here for? Years?
3: Thirteen. Thirteen years. Mm-hmm.
1: Thirteen years last night. Wow. Yeah. I, uh, First of all, thank you. You because I, I mean there's, there's no way I'd be able to do something like that mm-hmm. I, you know, in all honesty. I mean I'd, I don't underst- I don't see how that's God that's got to be hard.
2: It is hard. and a lot of people say that and emotional that I mean they can't do it. they don't think they could ever do that. and um, I don't know if you want to tell Shirley kind of what your thoughts were when you finished training before you actually took a case.
3: Every night after I, I trained years ago, of course and, and it was all. In class, there was no uh, computer, no, uh, not nothing online. Right. And every night, I would walk out of that training after two and a half hours, and I'd said to myself, "I don't think I can do this. I don't think I can do this." I never walked out of one of those classes not saying that to myself. Didn't verbalize it to anybody else. But I, um, I was hesitant, and I, for lots of reasons. But um, they gave me a case of. With two little boys, and they hold your hand while when you're new, right? And uh, you still have that shine on, but um, they give you—they don't start you out with a really hard, you know, hard case, uh, which is good in my case. But um, you find that you know you can do it, and and your job is not for the parents, it's not for the grandparents, which are very much usually involved in, uh, in it. Um, your job is that child. And I tell parents, you know, I'm not here for you. I'm here for the the child or the children, but if I can help you, then I'm here for that too. That child is my focus. I have to figure out in my head with all the facts what is the best interest of the child. And so I I kind of put that right out there in front to let them know that, and, and adults are adults. They'll, yeah. use, they'll use you if they can. And you have to be smart enough sometimes to figure that out. That,
2: uh,
1: I, I guess the big thing is you just got to keep a positive mind the whole time. And it, like you said, your focus is that child. Mm-hmm. And if something should happen with you and the parents, you know, I guess you, you know, whatever, some kind of interaction, if it's not good, that child sees that. I guess they could think that. Well, how are you helping me if you're? I guess, I, I don't know how I mean, to me, I, that's the only thing I could. That would I'd have to keep in my mind in order to make it better. Remember, stay positive for mm-hmm. the child because mm-hmm. otherwise, mm-hmm.
3: I mean, they, yeah. you gather the facts. You gather it from, like Brett said, from the schools, from the medical people. You, you know, you're given a, a piece of paper with Judge Carr's name on the bottom that tells you what you could do with which can't, so all those papers, that paper is forwarded to everybody that I will be involved with in a case. And in other right. words, that court order, or that order goes to the parents, goes to the schools, goes everywhere so that it's it's your foot in the door. And I always carry one with me in case, just in case right. I need it. But um, you know, I've, I've been in, read medical records, education, been at um, IEP meetings, um, you just you put your foot in it, Any door that you get in for that kid, yeah. Whew. So it's uh, it some days some days are tougher than others. I was gonna say, the, how do you not you can, go home and
0: cry every night? Because I think that would be.
3: There was one case that I took to bed every night, and um, yeah, until it was settled, it was it was a mess. And, wow. Uh, it included a couple kids, but one in particular, but. Uh, Yeah, so you kind of have to hold it off, and some people, I guess, can't do that.
0: How long are you with um, a case on on average? I mean, I'm sure it can be quick or it could be years, but...
2: Well, if you ask Shirley, she's going to skew all of the data. Uh, Because (laughs) because I would say the majority of cases are open for approximately 18 months or so. Okay, Um, We have some cases that may close after six months. Um, Shirley just came off of a case uh, a couple weeks ago that you had for how long?
3: Thirteen years. What? Thirteen years. Yes, this young years.
2: man was four years old when she took his case. And oh, God. he was never adopted, never reunified with his family. So Shirley was with him through every group home placement, every foster home placement, every hospitalization. She was the one constant. she she was she spent more time with him than any of his birth family any of his social workers any of his teachers any of his foster parents because those things turned over in that 13 years she was the one constant but that is the exception Exception way the exception to the rule i was going to
0: ask you how how much time excuse me how much time do you have to be able to invest in something like this but that sounds like a lot
3: well it it is um you know he was in harford county and then he was placed in a foster home in Baltimore County the last several years. So um, you travel down to Baltimore County to to do what you need to do. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. so so even though he goes to another county, you're still working with him? He's still a Hartford okay, County.
3: Okay, that's good. He's still yeah. a Hartford County kid. Okay. Might live, you know, they might live anywhere in the state of Maryland. Right. But as but long they're as they're still, still under
2: the I, jurisdiction of Hartford County Juvenile yeah. Court, okay, then, um, yeah. they would remain involved. Right. Right. Uh, and, again, that was a very unique situation. It's not typical at all to have anyone on a case that long. Right. Um, but th- as far as time spent on it, what um, National CASA says is approximately 10 to 15 hours a month. I always have a hard time quantifying yeah. that because there mm-hmm. may be some months where it's a lot more. Right. There may be some where things are stable and it's a lot less. But that's right. kind of the figure that they throw out there on average. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do require the um, advocates to see the children um, – Preferably twice a month, um, but a minimum of at least once a month. And we do adjust that, obviously, like in Shirley's case where they do have longer to travel uh, if a child's located farther away. But they have to have face-to-face with that child on a very regular basis in order to advocate for them, obviously. Um, So that's one of the, the main requirements we have. And then their contact with all the other parties is completely on their own schedule. They can email You know, talk on the phone, visit with all the other providers kind of on their own time. And other than court hearings, which are a set date, it really is a very volunteer-driven position because you do the work when it works for you. You set up appointments with foster parents when it works with your schedule. You go out to a group home when it works for you. So um, really you have a lot of flexibility as a volunteer to be able to, to kind of adjust it around your schedule.
1: Brings me to my next question cuz you said that one f- for 13 years started when he was 4, right? Mm-hmm. So I which would have made him 17 when you're finished. Is mm-hmm. is there an age limit when you have to stop? No. For the child?
2: No. Yeah, the,
3: not the not foster care
2: system will keep the children until age 21. Oh, um, and, oh okay. in, in state of Mar- it's not every state that has that law fortunately. We do here in Maryland uh, where children can stay in the foster care system till 21. They can opt out. And come out at age 18 on their right. own and choose to close it uh, but we do have people who have been on cases with kids as they aged out of the system in in shirley's situation um this young man's still in care he his case hasn't closed yet but it was time for um a different kind of uh someone to work with him she'd been with him for years and she'll always be a part of his life he'll right. always have her cell phone number um yeah. but um he's in a different place right now and we think he could use a male role model so there's another okay. person that's going to kind of work through his next stage of life with him. But again, you know, he's got – the juvenile magistrate would always say in court that um, she may be his casa, but, um, you know, she's more like a grandmother to him. Right. She really has been in many ways.
1: I'd see – and that was going to be my next question because, you I mean, there's got to be – I mean, especially for that long. But I could see it even after a month or two, just that bond there to where, you know, you feel like a mother or a grandmother or even, you know – brother sister or whatever how hard is that to to stop that
3: <laughs> i mean i don't know i i still sent uh some birthday cards to some of the kids from past cases oh you do okay um, yeah um, good they um yeah it, it's and i'll get a picture every once in a while don't,
1: that's great this way they see that the love you have for them is not yeah. stopping yeah. so okay yeah. that's Wow. Yeah. You just answered my I, question there. That was
3: I, your- <laughs> I, uh, Recently, I'd say within the past two months, one of my uh, kids got uh, adopted and is living in Pennsylvania. And uh, they called me and said, are you going to be in town on such and such day? I said, sure. How about lunch? I said, okay, that sounds good. So they came down from New York, Lancaster, and we had lunch. And I said, "Do you have what other business are you up, up to today? And she said, oh, no, we just came down to see you. Oh, God. That kind of melted me. Wow. You know? So, yeah, it's, uh, it's mm. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I could, uh, yeah, I think that. D- d- mm. And I think and to answer <laughs> your question, I think one of the strategies a lot of volunteers use to kind of keep them from going to that emotional place is to focus on what is their role. And really remember, yeah. you know, I really attach this kid. I really have a heart for them and what they're going through. But these are the facts and my recommendations have to be based on the facts. You can't I, – what I tell people is you can't make recommendations based on your gut feeling. But right. use your gut feelings to direct your investigation and what you look into. If something doesn't feel right – Get the facts. Find right. out about. It. But yes. if we were to put in a, a court report that you know the child shouldn't go back to their mother because we just have a bad feeling about this, that's not going to be seen as credible. But if you can if you can document that you know the mother's not doing this this and this, or the child reacts this way during supervised visit, you know you have to have facts to back up all your recommendations with. Um, but I will Very tell strange. you that, that we do reunify more cases than anything else. More cases. Go home through reunification. Right. Um, I would say probably over fifty percent of our cases um, end up in being reunified with their parents. Really? Yes. And that's wow. the,
3: that's the first um, that's your first choice, not choice. That's state mandated that you first you try for reunification with the parents or a relative.
1: Now, with something like that, I mean, especially if it was the parents abusing the child, whatever. I guess the port the court would handle that. I mean, when did they do they have to go well, parent, through certain things before Yeah, the parent okay. would
3: have a a uh, a plan with DSS on what they need to do. And it's a, they have to sign it. Okay. It's a plan that they sit down with the worker and the worker works the plan. So you
1: you see this plan then. Mm-hmm. I, okay, I good. I have a
3: copy of it. Okay, the plan. good. Yeah.
2: Wow. So they may have to do um, drug counseling, right. Right. you may need individual parenting counseling, class. parenting classes are very typical, and maybe other things depending on the particular situation. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, There is a social worker and a whole agency that's working with that parent also. Right. Right. Um, so we kind of work in tandem with social services. We don't work for them. They don't work for us. It's kind of another adjunct person that's looking into just the child's situation.
3: And right. we can disagree on when we go to court. I can disagree in my court report. My recommendations do not have to match, and they they very often don't match right. DSS. Or they sometimes they do. You know, it depends on the depends on the what the recommendations are for the next six no, months.
1: No, and I was and you're seeing a child more than you know the social services.
3: And they know that. Yeah. You know, social services filled with good people. They, they work hard. They have. They I just have, got I so have, much on their plate. In one right. case, they have twenty. You know how? Yeah. Them. I couldn't handle that myself.
1: No, yeah, yeah. that that would be that right. would be hard. Right. Now, are you guys actually a
2: nonprofit, or
1: you yes. are nonprofit? We're a
2: nonprofit. Well, we're okay. a non-profit. Um, we are partially funded <laughs> by me. a grant from the Administrative Office of the Courts in Annapolis. Um, I think almost all but three counties in Maryland have a CASA program. Um, and we are all half-funded by the Administrative Office of the Courts. So we do write okay. a grant for it. It's not guaranteed every year. Um, and then we get a small grant from Hartford County and then a small grant or a small portion of the generous juror funds. When you go to, to jury and they offer you the $20 or you can sign it over to um, work with foster children, That and we get some of those funds. Really? Um, no. Yeah, you get the $20 oh, stipend. Um, for your trouble or for parking or whatever and they ask you they give you the option to donate that to, to generous juror funds and it goes to supporting foster care kids in the county. Um, and it's been very successful they, they, they do tend to get a lot of uh, donations from that. Um, and so then the other rest of our budget we have to make up with um, in other grants that we write fundraising, donations, etc. So yes we are a nonprofit
1: which is brings me up to my next thing the who down for hoop
2: Yes, yes. Uh, for years, for probably about five, six years, we did um, a bowl and oyster roast. Um, this past year, we decided to change it up a little bit and turn it into more of a kind of country-western hoedown, uh, which we called a Hoedown for Hope. Uh, we held it last year at... The Habitat Grace Community Center. Um, This next year, we're actually moving. We're moving the time. We used to do it in February, right? Um, And every year, we kind of had that fear of the weather, and we we, never got snowed out.
1: Wait a minute, you mean goofy weather in Maryland? Exactly,
2: exactly. (laughs) We never got snowed out, but there was always that fear. Plus, we were also unfortunately in competition with a lot of other large fundraisers that were held around that same time right. so we're moving the, uh the hoedown this year we're not having it in february we're not going to have it until a year from now next september um and we're going to be holding it at the richland ballroom um so we'll be doing that september 2017 so we'll have information on our website okay. about that so it gives us a little more time to plan uh for this coming year but that's our big fundraiser that we do um to help support our work and uh, you have a, a well you already had it a craft fair as well. Yes, right? we, we okay. had a, uh, a yard and it was going to be a yard sale, craft sale that we held at the uh, Rec Center in Falston, the Chenoweth Center. Um, unfortunately, oh. it was a, a rainy day, so there would have been a lot more people milling around the ball fields and whatnot that day. Uh, but we had craft vendors come, we had people with some yard sale items. Um, and it was for our first uh, go round, it was pretty successful, and we are going to do it again. Um, but it was just nice to, to be able to have a a time when people can come and not only buy some things that they like or sell some things of their own, but they could also learn about CASA as well because we had plenty of people there to answer questions and talk because, unfortunately, not a whole lot of people know what CASA is. Um, A lot of people assume that we're... Um, involved with some kind of immigration work there is a casa de maryland which is a small c small a you know we're an acronym casa which stands for something Uh, but casa de maryland worked with some immigration work um but they often get confused with with who we are Uh, so any chance we get like this show is a great opportunity for us to kind of spread the word about who we are so if people see it then they're oh that was what they were talking about And, and it is increasing there are uh our visibility in the community is, I think, growing bigger since I've been here for 10 years, um, and I think that I've seen less people saying, what are you? Who are you? And a lot more people saying, oh, I've heard of you yeah, before. They clear. may not know exactly how they heard of it, but they may know someone who knows someone who right. does this. And part of spreading the word is about getting more volunteers, but it's also about, because not, it's not for everyone. Like I said, you know, if you say you don't think you could do this, you probably know somebody that has the ability and the skills to do this. So it's just as important for people to hear about it and spread it on to other people, even if it's not for them. Well, when we were talking about
1: volunteers, you were talking about volunteers just to help with the children. Do you guys look for volunteers to actually help with the organization too, as far as... You know, raising money or whatever.
2: We, we definitely need to rely on volunteers to help us with our events okay. um, for raising money. We're a very, very small operation. Um, I'm the only full time employee. I have two part time uh, advocate supervisors who supervise our advocates, and we have an office manager. Uh, but we, you know, we do pretty well holding down the fort there. And um, But, you know, being such a small organization. As the executive director, I'm not only the executive director. I'm also supervising cases. I'm also writing grant. You know, there's a whole lot right. of things. Uh, I wear many hats. Um, so anyone that is able to assist us with um, grant writing or fundraising efforts is definitely, um, you know, a, a help to us. We're looking for a, possibly a, an intern from Hartford Community College from their marketing program to maybe do an internship and help us with some of our marketing efforts and outreach. Um, Good idea. We'll have some interns from, uh, there's a family studies program at Hartford, and in the spring we'll have an intern or so that can help us with special projects uh, through that. So we, we try to get help here and there as we can.
1: Now, um, what about as far as, like, do you have, well, with the down for Hope and the craft Fair, I, I know you look for sponsors, mm-hmm. but outside of that, is Outs- there anything, I, I'd like, like, prime example, the um, Harford Community College, the radio station, mm-hmm. you know, they have underwriters. That's how right. they're able to stay on the air. Right. The new board, the uh, Harford Cable Network
2: Foundation Board, same thing. Right. So, I mean, does that work the same way for you guys, or? Um, at this point, we don't have regular annual sponsors. We do okay. have people that have been uh, very committed to supporting our event over the years. Um, Saxons has been a regular, you know, sponsor of our Lane's event. Um great guy, yeah. um, but we don't have at this point any, like, regular annual sponsors that just give us a certain amount of money every year. Okay. But we do get donations here and there from different organizations that hear was about us. going to be my next question. Uh, I just, you know, a month ago I got a, a phone call from someone at, I think it was called United Dental, who they wanted to donate to somewhere. And they called me and asked, you know, how can we give money? And they gave us a donation. So we get those kind of, you know – out of the blue, people hear about right. us. Um, also, people spreading the word. People will oftentimes get a donation from someone who knows someone that is a CASA, so they may make a donation in, in that person's name. Um, but we, you know, we're always in need of, you know, there's more kids out there. We only serve approximately forty percent of the kids in care right. um, annually. So, you know, there's always that need for more advocates so we can serve more kids in the community. Wow. So people now, are people go to the website, which is what www.casaofharfordcounty.org, and they can make donations online yes. as well. Yes, and we do have a Facebook page, so look for us on Facebook, um, and that also will link you to the website. Uh, and also everything about being a volunteer is also on the website Um, we've now come into the modern age and we now have an online application uh, whereas we used to have paper applications mailed in we're now a little more high tech you can click on a link on the website and do an online application and it gets submitted to us Um, so um, you can pretty much do everything and learn everything you want about us on our website and we um when the podcast goes on the
1: website we will have a link to uh, casa's website okay, great. as well as four seasons mm-hmm. um and i noticed you guys have some good videos on the site too yes yes so i might have to start pushing them out as well share mm-hmm. some of them uh any
2: thing else you want to say or uh push or tell people about i think you know the big thing is and you were talking about the different causes that are out there that mm-hmm. that frustrate you or you know upset you the most um, i think it's unfortunate that sometimes uh, the ca- the situation or the uh, ep- epidemic of child abuse sometimes doesn't get as much attention as it should. Uh, I think because a lot of people are they stay- kind of want to stay a distance from that. You know when you when you look at things like you know breast cancer awareness, a lot of people know someone who has been affected right. by that or someone in their family. If you have somebody in your family who you know has abused their children or are abusing their children or someone close to you, a lot of people tend to step away from that. They don't want to talk about child abuse. Um, which I think is why lot a lot of people know who we are as opposed to some of the other nonprofits in the county. So um, I just think it's real important for people to um, never turn a blind eye to when you think there's a child that's being hurt somewhere. Um, Too many people think that's the family's business. I'm not going to butt in there. Um, But there are too many children across this country that are dying from child abuse Mm -hmm. every year. And the largest population of children who are victims of child abuse are four and under. Um, And I don't think people realize that either. It's not just the older kids that that's the most vulnerable population because they can't speak for themselves. Right. Um, And a lot of times it's you have a family where there are substance abuse issues. There's no external support system. I know myself raising three kids. There were times where I was very frustrated with a crying child. And I just would sit and think to myself, if I was on drugs and didn't have a partner, didn't have any other family support – I don't condone it, but I can see sometimes where people get to the point where they end up mistreating their kids because they have no supports around them. So um, child abuse is, like you said, you didn't know how many kids were in foster care in Hartford County. It's in every backyard. It's in every neighborhood. Um, So that's kind of my push. You know, I I like to push CASA, obviously, in the work we do, but I think it's just as important for people to uh, take care of our children out there because they don't get the attention that they should sometimes.
1: Now, um, on another note, because I know that you got to have some good stories that come out of it. So, do you, once you get this marketing person, please have them submit some good stories to okay, us. Okay, great. Definitely. Yeah, because that's the one thing on Harford County Living, the mm-hmm. only thing we feature are good positive stories. They don't like Sorry. negative news. Right, so right, like, right, right. Nah. Sarah, do you want to add anything? No, I don't have anything
0: to add today.
1: No. No. You're ready to go back home and go to bed. You're not used to traveling to an office I know, yet, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, Ross uh, well, and Shirley, I want to thank you both. Oh, thank uh, you. want to remind everybody out there, if you're a business, organization, nonprofit, or anybody from the county, if you want to uh, come on to the show, uh, you can go to the website, harfordcountyliving.com, and just contact us. It's no charge. We don't charge anybody to be on the show. The whole idea is to promote businesses and organizations and great causes like this to the county to make them aware of
2: it. Um, and they're nice to you, so don't be intimidated.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute, who's nice? We are, are you yes. talking about the, okay. <laughs> I hope so. Um, but please definitely contact us. I, I want to thank the, the Joppa Town Lions Club for the use of their building. Uh, we used to go down to Town Grill and Pub all the time, but um, unfortunately they, they changed their hours, and it's kind of hard to do it during the lunch hour. Um but I, I still want to, you know, definitely get down there. Um, Linda and Brad and Larry are great, even Megan, even though she always tormented me. So, um, which I know you're happy about that now, Sarah, because you're God, you're right here in Joppatown. There's your place for lunch. I
0: know, and you know what they deliver. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I
0: will tell you, I cannot, I cannot uh, physically afford to eat out there all the time, but. Yes. Well, it's very close. Yeah, it
1: does get expensive eating out every time. No, no, so. physically not. not oh, 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 what do you mean? What? Yes, and they got no. salads and all. Yes,
0: they do. And they're delicious. I had one last week. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right. On that note, we are out of here. Thanks again. Thank and you. Uh, everybody, please tune in next month.